This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. That's Reb Fountain there with Intermission. You're on the free breakfast with Kate this morning. Uh, joining me in the studio is uh, Wadahu Grant from the Kirikiriroa Zine Fest. Morena. Morena. <laughs> and uh, hey, thanks so much for coming in and joining us today. The Zine Fest is coming up this weekend and um, it's always an event I look forward to. But tell us a little bit about it for people that um, may not have heard of it or they may not even know what a zine is, Wadahu. So, um, you know, can you tell us a bit about the event? Yeah, okay. Um, it's always interesting practising the elevator pitch of zines. Um, <laughs> so zines technically was something that started up in, like, labour movements um, in the early 1900s. It was just a... Uh, I'm going full professor mode now. Um, <laughs> That's great. We, the Free FM audience <laughs> are terribly intelligent and they'll be able to follow you. <laughs> so, yeah, it mostly started as just a way for people to be able to publish um, media on their own. Um, you know, back when print media was all we had. And, yeah, that slowly developed over time. The punk scene um, in the UK and America really picked it up. And that's where the term fanzine comes from. So simply... They're small, self-made little booklets, really. Sometimes they're comics, sometimes they're collections of poetry, um, you know, sometimes they're just collections of artwork. And, yeah, it's really evolved a lot over time. The zine fests all throughout Aotearoa and around the world, really, as well. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of developed its own little uh, community. That sounds cool. And are, are they, by definition, sort of low-tech, or is it... Um, or, or, you know, I mean, were people using a whole lot of design tools and things like that now to make their work? It used to be a low-rent thing. It used to be just a thing that you try to do on your work photocopier, which <laughs> is still what I try to, <laughs> to save money. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, some people have sort of taken it a bit further. Like, some people uh, use, like, more interesting materials. Some people, you know, every zine is a one-off. Like, it's just they, they make it from scratch and then they make the next one and they do all that. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite a diverse medium nowadays. And it sounds like it's a, it's a creative expression for people um, and, the, and they're exploring it in a smallish form so they can do these little self-contained projects. They can do um, maybe um, series and various other mm. things. So, so you've got a real interest in this, Wadahu. Tell us a little bit about your background and, and why you've got involved in the um, Kirikiriroa Zine Fest. Uh, so I've been... I was a stallholder at Zine Fest for a few years um, and over time, I got to know like the people that were running it, and it's all volunteer. It's a not-for-profit. Um, we just do it because we want Zine Fest to keep happening and people to be able to sell zines. Um, and yeah, I just I really wanted to be involved in something like that. And yeah, it's like I really like the medium anyway. And at the moment, I'm doing a I'm doing a PhD study, which is looking at the um, so the ongoing work and the experiences of Maori people and the punk scene here. So, yeah, I was just quite interested in getting more involved in a sort of piece of DIY art. 
That's really cool. And I've had a bit of a look. So there's, there's you're involved. I know um, Bryce Galloway's involved mm-hmm. and um, Kat Wozwo's doing a bit of work with the team. Are there any other people we need to give a shout out to who are helping behind the scenes with the Zen Fest? Quite a few different ones. I mean, again, you know, we're all volunteers, so we all just sort of um, jump in wherever we can help. Uh, one person I should give a nod to is Ponamu uh, Farikawa, who did the artwork for both the um, the fest poster and the after party poster. They're a really amazing mural artist and digital and uh, sort of physical artist as well. Uh, there's oh no, I, I'm going to forget someone and they're going to get really mad at me. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to let you have some thinking time. I, I know Panamo's work, um, and it's really cool. So uh, I, I, I spotted that in the promotion. So people can have a look for that, and we'll tell you where to mm-hmm. find more information. Tell us about about the event itself. I noticed you've got guest speakers. So as well as all of the the artists and stallholders and writers that are bringing their zines, you've got some guest speakers. Can you tell me a little bit about um, about that and how that works over the weekend? Yeah, so that's that's always been a main part of the Kirikiriro Zine Fest is having people that are kind of prominent within the local DIY scene coming along just to chat about their experiences and what they do, really. Um, so it's usually just set off to the side of the fest. This year, the main fest itself is going to be in the events room um, in the Gallagher Centre at uh, the central Wintech campus, and then through a door into the hub building, that's where we're going to be having the talks. Um, so we've got Dean Ballinger and Peter Dornoff. Um, Dean is a really amazing cartoonist and uh, musician who's going to be talking about uh, his latest project. Um, Katie Julian, who's part of the Freedom Shop down in Wellington, really great source of of anarchist and other leftist literature, is going to be speaking a little bit, I think, about the punk scene in Burma, which I'm really interested in. Um, Oh, no. Hannah Wynn. Is Hannah Wynn, Hannah Wynn yeah. of the Todonga Zine Fest is, yeah, sorry, I need to jumpstart my brain, is also going <laughs> to be speaking about, yeah, their experience running that fest. Um, That's yeah. cool. And so I, I picked up on Katie Julian and uh, having having spent time in Burma and Myanmar, there's, there's quite a strong uh, art scene in Myanmar and we were lucky to visit there about five years ago mm. and surprised by um, by how much art uh, uh, there was that we were we were there at a point um, where there was um, a lot more freedom of expression because mm-hmm. they had the free elections and I'm not sure what that's like now but that will be absolutely interesting for anybody that's um, that's interested in uh, in Myanmar or, or in Burma and what's going on there so yeah, I thought definitely. that was really quirky and quite a cool um, quite a cool get so that's KT Julian mm-hmm. and. Uh, Hannah Wynn there from Tauranga and uh, Dean Bellager and Peter Dornoff, who are well-known identities locally mm, in terms yeah, of their creative work and writing. So stallholders, there's a heap of them. I was checking them out. So um, what have you spotted that you're looking looking at and what types of work are you starting to see come in? I mean, the thing about Zenefest, and I mean, this is sort of a commonality that um, I think a lot of people I know that are really into the Zenefest scene is just uh, you develop a lot of friendships because you're you're sitting next to people, um, you know, sometimes for a like five hour day, so you kind of naturally have to talk to people, and especially if you like their artwork. Um, 
I'm really gutted a couple of people have gotten in touch to say that they've been household contacts and stuff, oh. so they have to not come, which is a shame. I was really excited to see my friends um, Tempest and Sani. You can find them on Instagram. Um, S-A-N-I and Tempest spelt the same as Tempest always is. Um, yeah, no, there's a whole lot of really interesting um, storeholders. It's always hard to keep track and it's more... It's always good to just turn up on the day and um, just to see what's around. And there's always going to be someone that you've never seen before. That's what's great. Yeah, do you think... Um, I mean, it feels to me that it's quite an accessible event. Do you think that this is a good event for people that are, you know, perhaps they're art students or they're writers or they're working in some creative um, field? But is it, is it a good entry to, I guess, making work and, and selling it for people? Definitely. Do you get a lot of first-timers? Yeah. yeah. We had, um, I feel really bad that I've forgotten her name because I ended up buying a whole lot from her. We had an eight-year-old girl last year who um, was selling zines that she, like I was saying before, every single one was a one-off because she drew them from scratch. Um, and that was great. And, yeah, that's the sort of stuff I really like seeing at Zine Fest. Um, that's the whole thing of the medium, being so DIY and, you know, typically... If you're doing an average size zine, you might pay a couple dollars for printing and then you can sell it for a few more dollars and then make a profit without feeling like you're overcharging people. That was a really big thing for it when I first got involved in Zine Fest was I was really bad at pricing my artwork and I had a few friends in the high art world that kind of told me their thing which didn't really feel right to me with this kind of art that I was making. So, yeah, Zenefest. Zenefest just felt like a really nice, comfortable place to start off. Yeah, and well, I guess thinking of prices, you know, what are the prices start if, if people are coming, but maybe they're on a limited budget, but they still really want to support and find some cool work to take home. Uh, have you got a sense of what the prices sort of will start from and, and go to? Honestly, if you come to a Zenefest... You you can walk out with an armful of stuff for like ten bucks. Yeah, I would say, and that's what's great about it. There's very very few anybody in the art world knows there are very few art events you can go to um, and spend such little money and still come away with multiple artists' work. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, some people some people it's koha, like if it's a zine that they've been trying to sell for quite a while or. Um, yeah, like it's just something that they've done really quickly and really cheaply, so they don't really feel like they need to charge. Some people sell stuff for free, and yeah. Yeah, so part of the experience is meeting the artists, is engaging, is yeah. perhaps some networking, putting yourself out there, mm. but in a supportive way. That, that's the, the thing I find I've heard from some of the students that I've worked with in School of Media Arts is that the Zine Fest is a really... Um, a really welcoming space to, to, to perhaps show your work for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, look, you can, um, you can pick up some work for just a few dollars. In terms of finding out more about the artists and having a bit of a nosy around before you go, so um, is the, the Facebook page the place to go? Can you tell us a yes, bit about that? Yes, uh, the Facebook page is um, probably the best place to go in terms of updates. Uh, so that's the Kirikiriroa Hamilton Zine Fest page um there is instagram as well which is uh, yeah got some stuff but yeah probably facebook is the best for now and then that links up to the event page um and any important announcements will get put up on there 
And for people who haven't been to the Wintech City campus where the Zine Fest is being held, it, it, the, the hub is right, there's the building right on top of the middle of the, yeah. of the campus, so you can get to it from all sides. <laughs> yeah, that was the interesting thing. Like when we, when we um, sort of were trying to figure out how to list the address of the venue, because I mean, I'm a University of Waikato um, staff member. So, yeah, I don't know if it's like, do they think I'm a trader or something? Nah, it's nah. All, we're all in it together, <laughs> particularly with the arts, which I think is really cool. There's, um, exactly. um, it, it, there's often in there, and there should be actually good, good collaborations and mm. good um, networks between um, the, the Polytech and the university. Yeah, I, think, uh, I think they should be complementary institutions, exactly. not competitive. <laughs> and they're really, it's a really great space. I'm really excited. Like, we're spread between two rooms. We were really worried in the lead-up. Um, we were constantly going back and forward every time there was a new announcement about us being in red alert or orange. And we had contingency plans where no matter what level we were at, we were going to do it. We were just going to make sure it was done safely. But luckily at orange, it's just masks on. And, yeah, we'll spread everybody out. And, yeah. Yeah, they're good nice spaces. Space. There's, an, uh, there's two quite good-sized spaces there that can connect. So um, you, people should be going along with, with confidence. There's great ventilation systems and, and plenty of space for you to spread out. Mm. And it is a reasonably easy um, place to find, and there's usually parking up on campus. You can, you can drive up. Yeah, all the parking on campus is free, I believe, which is probably worth mentioning. Yep. Um, so, yeah, people will be able to find a park, and we're right by town as well. Yeah, so, so people can walk up from town up the stairs, or there are, um, if you go in, I think it would be Gate 3 off Tristram Street. If you drive up in mm, there, you'll yeah. find parking. So that's, uh, you can see a nice big signage off Tristram Street if you're taking your car. So we've got the Facebook page to find info. We've got our venue sussed. What time do you get underway, and does it go hot for the whole weekend? So it's just on the Saturday. It'll be 10 a.m. start. Um, usually the store holders come in an hour before and we get everybody set up. Um, and it is currently set to run until 3 p.m., but it, um, it may end up running a little bit longer as well. So, yeah, we're not in a big rush to get out at the end. And people always help out with the pack-up, which makes things easier. Later that evening, um, the after-party will be happening at last place which is a bar literally just down the hill from the venue. Um, so doors open for, at 6, and we're probably going to read out the festival awards around 7, and then bands will get started after that. So can anyone go along to that, or do you have to have been involved? Uh, anyone can come along. If you're a store holder, and same to our sponsors as well, it's free entry, and it's $10 um, just to, to the public. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't been to last place, then you really should, because it's the yeah it's a great venue for live music yeah it's a nice little spot there that's just on collingwood street and um opposite the big new refurbished dhb building isn't yeah, it sitting in there fun. and uh it's it's a nice sized venue i think for something like this look this is a this is a way that i reckon that people can get out and hang out with the cool kids for a while because there's so many ideas and um create creativity and uh things on show and you get to talk directly to artists which is a lovely, lovely thing to be able mm. to do. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too about Zenefest um, that you don't always get, particularly at exhibitions, because a lot of the time in an exhibition, the artist isn't always in. Um, and, you know, when you come to a Zenefest, the person is right there selling you the stuff. And yeah, you have that really immediate feedback of this is the person's artwork and this is the person, yeah, which I think is really great. 
So if you want a really cool experience, if you've got um, a few dollars and you want to invest in some in some creative uh, work, you can talk directly to artists who are selling their work to you. You've got the Zine Fest starting at 10 o'clock tomorrow at um, the Wintech City Campus. Oh, 10 o'clock Saturday. Sorry, 10 o'clock Saturday. <laughs> I'm... I'm a day ahead. 10 o'clock too on excited. Saturday. Yeah, too excited. About it. <laughs> and uh, you'll get to meet um, people there and just take a friend and go and have a wander and see what um, what you can find. Uh, so the guest speakers, Hannah and Katie and uh, Dean Bellinger and Peter Dornoff, they, they'll just be appearing at, set, are they appearing at set times so if people want to try and catch them particularly? I don't know if we have set times right now. I believe what we usually do is we try to have at least an hour or two in the morning where people can just wander, yep. and then we do the speakers in sort of half-hour increments throughout the day. Um, and there'll be announcements in the room um, when a person's going to speak. So the best thing to do is to get along there and also check the Facebook page for updates as to the artists and also have a bit of a look on the Facebook page so you can check out some of the artists prior to heading along. Mm, Wadahu, thank you so much. Um, all the best with your PhD, which sounds pretty cool. <laughs> it's an yeah, interesting to topic. You to try get that done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always one of those things and then you get involved in these cool little side projects. <laughs> like, oh, uh, I'm so bad at that. My I hope my supervisor isn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Um, um, we appreciate uh, what you and uh, the rest of the organising committee are doing. You're contributing to the cultural capital of our city and uh, region, which is just wonderful. So um, that's Wadahu Grant there uh, speaking on behalf of the Kirikirao Zen Fest. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.